Pastor Lisa Bates Froyland here from Redeemer Lutheran Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Welcome to our fourth season of the Redeemer Lives, Redeemer Lives podcast, a more portable way to take in the weekly preaching and music here at Redeemer. This season, we weather the winter months together. Join us as we prepare for Christmas in December and get to know Jesus through scripture and song in January, February, March, and then head toward a crescendo in April with a retelling of Jesus's death and resurrection. Imagine that, a religion founded on the promise that new life can emerge from death. And lucky us here in Wisconsin, because nature will be showing us this truth at the very same time. And now, here's the sermon. This week I started out with a different title than the one that you're seeing today. Initially I went with something greater than the temple is here. And now today you see that it has become what really matters. Of course they're connected, but let's spend a little time on this greater than the temple business before we get to what really matters. What's happening in this passage? A pattern of accusations. Accusations that Jesus is not flying right. But it's also an accusation in the other direction as well for those who are not recognizing who Jesus is. So listen, when he's confronted with why are you eating on the Sabbath, you and your disciples, notice who he brings up. David. David, the, uh, the one from whom the Messiah was prophesied to come. There's a reason he brings up David. It's because they don't understand yet that he is a son of David. He is descended from David. And then he also says the priests in the temple break the Sabbath, yet they're not held to account. These disciples and he himself are also priests, but they're not being recognized as such. Then finally, he says these words, something greater than the temple is here. The here that he means is himself. Something greater than the temple is here with me. You don't realize it yet, and you certainly don't understand my message. The message is the part that gets to what really matters. So they're concerned with upholding rules of the temple while people go hungry. They're concerned with upholding rules of the temple while those who are sick and could be healed remain sick for another day, injured or maimed, because it's not the right day to get better. He cured all of them, but he wanted it kept quiet for a time. He's not revealing the whole self that he is except by his actions, his actions of feeding, his actions of healing. He's trying to tell them and not tell them at the same time, the fullness of who he is as the Savior. And so we get this passage from Isaiah at the end of your scripture for today. Here is my servant whom I have chosen. This amazing metaphor embedded at the end has confused a lot of people over the years. He will not break a bruised reed or quench a smoldering wick. What does that mean? I do love the interpretation that it means that Jesus is not going to squash somebody who's already hurting. 
I love that. And I believe that's true of Jesus. But it's not what this metaphor is about, unfortunately. What this is about is the quietness of Jesus as Jesus is making himself known to the people. That sometimes it is a gentle role that Jesus does, even with us to this day. So it is saying that as Jesus comes into this world and walks among us, he's going to do so quietly and gently. He's not going to be screaming in the streets. And so as he passes by, even the bruised reeds are not going to break off because he's going to walk by gently. And his movement is not going to douse a candle either because it will be gentle and sure and slow. They wanted a Messiah to come charging into the world on horses and take, out, take over everything immediately. But that was not the way it was going to happen. People followed him, sure, lots of crowds, because of the healing that he was doing, but not because of the shouting that he was doing at that time. Time would come for a much more glorious and loud proclamation of Jesus. Indeed, nobody heard Jesus being resurrected in the tomb. Nobody heard that happening. But that was the most pivotal moment of all. What really matters? The rules of the temple? No. What really matters is feeding hungry people and healing those who need it and not blowing a trumpet about it until the time is right. And the time when it harmonizes with a greater justice that's breaking out all over at last. And it is tempting, but it would be a shame to shrink this story and what Jesus is saying and doing here down to something that we could apply to standard issue church life. We feed people here. We're working on a mental health center to heal people as well. And we do sometimes come across this big, long, churchy word, this one you can take to brunch with you, adiaphora. Who knows adiaphora? Adiaphora is, should, those, should that candle be lit next to those flowers there? Is there something maybe wrong about that? Who cares? I am engaged in a pitched battle with Dorothy Zeidler. <laughs> Dorothy Zeidler, senior usher. We'll see if she pops out to, to see what I'm talking There she is. <laughs> Dorothy and I are having raging debates over a table in the narthex. It's a beautiful table, but no one would ever know it because it's always covered in two or three layers of tablecloth because it could get scratched. And I said to Dorothy this morning, but it could get scratched, but we're never going to see how beautiful it is if it's always covered all the time. And so I, I was looking for more of a fight from her, but she is a reasonable woman. And so we discussed other solutions to the problem, like a covering just over the top part so it doesn't get scratched, and maybe even something that we could see through. So I think our battle is already over before it ever began, but uh, I did hide the tablecloth yesterday for a funeral. <laughs> but she found it! <laughs> and it's covering that table right now! 
<laughs> Church, our whole reason here for the $4 million renovation that we're working on has nothing to do with fighting over tablecloths and everything to do with the fact that this neighborhood is a hungry neighborhood. It has been for years. As many of you have probably read, it's going to get more so in the coming weeks as the food share benefits that were uplifted during the pandemic are suddenly taken away. People who are, have become accustomed to getting $200 each month to support their ability to buy food will have that cut to about 64. So, church, we have a pantry on Thursday mornings. It's going to get busy. It's going to get busy. And our renovation is so that we can provide a healthy meal six days a week right up here at a table that we hope will become more and more crowded all the time with people who come with their sorrows and leave with joy. And of course, we are working hard to partner with Bread of Healing Clinic on the mental health center that we hope to be opening in 2025. All that said, something greater than the temple is here is about Jesus. And it may, however, also be about you sitting here this morning. Some of you I know well, some of you I don't know well at all. But depending on your experience with religion, organized religion, and the degree that it has overlapped with your perception of what faith means or feels like for you, there may be something here for you today to take with you and consider. If your experience with religion or churches has been, wear this, not that, say this, not that, Think this, not that. Pray this, not that. Love this person, not that person. There's so many ways that church kind of sometimes can tell us to be wrong, to feel judged, to feel disinvited, to get angry or sad in this place that's meant to be joyful and liberating place where we can laugh together about our lives, about tablecloths. There's a freedom that is meant to be here, meant to be roaring forth each time we gather. Jesus is more than the temple. Jesus is more than this church. His priorities, his passions are abundantly clear in the Gospels, and they have nothing to do with Sabbath rules or tablecloths. This message is for everyone and anyone. The last words of the scripture today might go right over your head, but they really are a very big deal. In his name, the Gentiles will hope. Gentiles then were the outsiders, the last person anyone would ever think would respond to a message like this. So if you can picture in your mind the last person you could think who would warm to the idea of Jesus. That is exactly what's being predicted here. I've met people along the way in other contexts and invited them to church. You maybe have too. Occasionally I get this response. If I came through those doors, the church would burn down. <laughs> A few responses to that. Number one, wow, you think you're pretty powerful. <laughs> 
And also, God isn't scared or angry or ready to do anything of the sort regarding any person who comes through this door. There's welcome here. There's not going to be fire here. There's not going to be fire here. The priorities of Jesus have to do with the pain of the world, the unfairness and the cruelty of it, that there are some who are overstuffed while others go hungry. Churches can, and many do, align themselves with this Jesus more than the temple. And when they do, support them. Help them. They need you. We need you. What about if you are the hurting one, though? Then I'd say especially then. Especially then. Two best-kept secrets to spiritual well-being, which can roll into all kinds of other well-being, are gratitude and generosity. As you do a, go through the list of what's going on in your life, it's very easy to make a list of everything that's going wrong in your life. What if you turned around and did everything that's going right in your life to inspire that kind of gratitude that is health-giving? And generosity. Generosity of your time can be every bit as much or more meaningful than a gift of money. So as you head into this week, carry this question with you. What really matters? What matters less? And what matters not at all? And if Jesus is at work within your spirit, consider how gentle that movement might be. That it will not even break off a bruised reed or blow out a smoldering candle, but it will take its time. Amen.
And there you have it, a sermon and a song. Hope you are inspired, fortified, challenged by these podcasts, and also willing to donate to support our ministry here in the heart of Milwaukee. Online, go to www.redeemermilwaukee.org. An old-fashioned paper check means no fees. The entire gift supports the ministry here. Send a check to Redeemer Church, 631 North 19th Street, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53233. Our Fearless and Faithful Capital Campaign invites anyone to help us with financial contributions, big or small, to make our physical home at the corner of 19th Street and Wisconsin Avenue ready and able to worship, for education, and especially for outreach in decades to come. Information on Fearless and Faithful can be found at the website www.redeemermilwaukee.org. Until next time, may our gracious God increase your hope, strengthen your faith, deepen your capacity for love, and grant you peace. Bye.